Yes, good morning. Welcome. Uh, keeping up with the Calvaries with Lorraine and Bernice Calvary. And we've got a, a guest this morning, plastic surgeon. Yeah, let's put the microphones on. Now your microphone's on. Now you can say that again. I don't know if you can call him a plastic surgeon. Isn't it better huh? to say cosmetic surgeon? So, so Dr. Dr. Richard Zinn. Yes. So what do we call you? A plastic surgeon or a cosmetic uh, surgeon? I'm a plastic and reconstructive surgeon. So uh, it's not just uh, – uh, probably 10% cosmetic, mm. uh, maybe 20% cosmetic and about 80% of reconstruction, um, cancer, breast, oh, uh, all no, sorts of Oh, no, that's lovely. <laughs> no, well, not not well, the cancer breast part. No, no. The, 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 the fact that it's you know sarcastic. for the for the general good of you know. Well, yeah, exactly. Yes. It's not the, the the general perception is that uh, it's all cosmetics, but um, but there's a lot more to it. How did my producer Lorraine find you? Uh, we we almost related. Oh are we, really? Are we related? Uh, soon to be related. Soon to be related. Wow. Oh, because you're engaged to somebody that's yeah, connected. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what to who? To, to what? my niece. Oh, very nice, Mazel Tov. Now, so you, you, uh, Lorraine, you were talking about this growth behind your knee last week. Um, no, 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 it was on, on my leg, the thigh, the wall. Okay, so now is, of a cigarette is Richard going to do this? He's the man. Is it okay to use family? You know what? We should have done it right here this morning. <gasps> That's yes. how easy it is, hey? Local we anesthetic. Have. We should have done it this morning. Oh, my God. Why didn't we do it? Oh. Chris. I, I'm trying to think if I've got anything in the car. I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we have, like, a, a sharp knife here? Cheese knife, something? Do you have a bread knife? So, so but seriously, yeah. could we have done it? We just local anesthetic? We could have done it no, local in, it, it, on this show. Would it have been sterile enough? Absolutely. You would just swab it. And we could make a plan. We could set up a little theatre. We well, how urgent it. is this thing? Maybe we can get it taken out, like, end of the month, maybe. No, no, no. It's not urgent, but I'm doing it next week. Okay. And then you Sorry, then... I'm doing a whole thing. I told you, I'm doing the teeth, yeah. the whole thing next week. So I'm asked, I've asked Richard to come into the same surgery, to the same hospital, and just to whip it out at the same time. So I'm going to have my teeth and my leg done. Just to, just to recap, you got the large sinus part, which I'm is what, what kind of sinus is this called, Richard? Again, That's the maxillary sinus. Yeah, maxillary sinus, which is too large. Yes. So they're going to do a bit of a bone transplant to make it a bit smaller, so they can stoop the tooth up. That's it. And then they're going to remove your wart. And what's the third and I'm thing? I'm having a bridge on the other side. Now, what is a bridge again? That's like a, a set of false teeth. Yeah, it's like a set. Of, uh, I wouldn't call it false. A false of. Let's use the word dentures then. Yes, that's. It's like a permanent denture, right? Yes. Yeah. But just to clarify, the warts on her thigh, nowhere else. Oh, yes. Um, do we have to call it a wart? Because it's got such a connotation. It really does. What it's is it? A, a, a veruca. Does a veruca sound a better? A veruca is much more scientific. Damon should have gone into med school. Damon tried. Good, eh? Damon tried. He failed. <laughs> <laughs> Did um, you? Well, I studied to be a chiropractor, so I got to fourth year. You kidding? And you oh, go, really? you do, you do anatomy, you do all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Pathology, yeah, yada can, yada. I can hear you would have made a good chiropractor. Nah. Yeah. He's no. got that strength. He does. So can't you can, give me a bit of a, a look in the back or something? Unofficially, yes. But I'm like curve. back street. Mm. <laughs> now, Lorraine, how do you get all these doctors together? Do the doctors talk to each other, or do you have to like project manage this no. thing? How does it work? <laughs> I'm seriously. I'm kind of project managing my dentist and my maxillofacial surgeon. They know each there. other. So they know each other, so they'll be then. I've just asked Ricky to come in and help on my leg. So it's a kind of a, pro- yeah, it's a project, I suppose. And then I've got yeah. the, the medical aid is such a mission. I tell you, wow. you've got to get the codes and you've got to get that. And then I phoned the medical aid for approval and they said they don't understand what the codes are. Could I please fax it through to them so they could send me a quote? And I went like, what is this? I just want to go and have my teeth sorted out. It's like such a mission. Sure. No, because it reminds me, when, when, before we got married, Bernice and I, she forced me to have a colonoscopy because she wanted to make sure I'm healthy. She says, I don't want to marry you and you die 
six months later. Did you? That's what Bill Gates did as well with his wife. He sent her on a series of tests, physical. I physical, got sent on a battery of tests. Genetic tests were very important. But yeah. the rabbi sent us on those. Oh, like really? The, no, I had to do the extra ones, man. Because he's got extra Tay-Sax problems. and those ones. No, Tay-Sachs was, was the minor ones. I had to do another battery that people don't normally do. I did all of them. Medical aid didn't cover it all. <laughs> um, Must you have it before you even got married. Exactly. And then, and then he wanted me to pay for it. And I said, no, this is part of your personal whatever. If you divorce me, Same you're going to take funny. these test results I had to, to pay your four, next wife. I had to pay four grand. Five. Four, something like Yo. that. Oh my but God. Going in back those to, days, it was a lot of money. But going back to the colonoscopy... I should have had that other thing done on my tochus at the same time when I had the colonoscopy. I've got a, I forgot what it's called It's called now. a double anus. Well, not, that's what the layman call it. No way. A fistula. A pilonidal sinus. No, I wish it was a pilonidal no, sinus. I've got a fistula. Now you two are just showing off. Fistula? Oh fistula's, I don't, I don't, it's not We great. don't want to talk about it. Oh no, come on, it's let's not, talk about a fistula. It's not for radio. Right? No, it's definitely for this radio. Oh, fistula. Definitely. Fistula is basically When you fit, no. Correct. It's basically like, a, a, a hole. Next, you got your normal anus, and then next to the anus or around that area, another hole that you, goes right you, through. You can consider it like a slipway, as uh, like in, in like highway, like a service road, in highway, road. In highway like a walk in the road. <laughs> and that's the main, one of the main reasons why I get the full body waxes, because when they do the crack and sack, they take all the hair out, so then I can make sure that area is extra clean. So you have to do your whole because I scrub I scrub my tochas in the shower all the time. So happens, to make sure it's clean. But what happens when you make a poo? Does it come out of both holes? Microscopically, microscopically, or at, to a level, probably yes, but not that you, it's noticeable. Okay, so I have another question: Is there muscular control in both of your? Of course anuses? not. No, of course not. So, so does the one kind of ooze? And it's the, the diameter one? of a pinprick. Yeah, but still, you can use a pinprick. Only if I, yeah, only if it gets infected, but yeah, I keep it, it very clean. It also depends on where it comes from. Okay. It comes from above the muscle or below. But that so was a good question, wasn't it, it, it doctor? Really good. So if it's below mm. the muscle, you've got control. And oh. if it's above the muscle, you uh, you actually don't. The thing is... So where is yours, Dan? I, I would I'm not sure. It's, I went to, it's I went to, no control. I went to a surgeon um, a couple of years ago, and he said, Hey, I'll operate. And he has my card. Call me when it inflames, and then we can operate because you couldn't actually see it. Can, can we also do this one in the studio when we do Lorraine's? No, that's, but that's the thing. I, don't, I've, I haven't had the surgery because I read up on it, and, and there's so many different ways of doing it. I, it doesn't look so 100% successful. What there's do you a, think, there's, doctor? There's a, I used to do this when I, was a, when I was a general surgeon, and uh, yeah. it wasn't my favorite. That's probably one of the reasons I left general surgery. I didn't really want to do it. Did you watch any of them? Oh, I'll tell you an interesting story, but um, y- there's a way that you can just put a, a little like a plastic tube through it, yes, and then tighten that tube with time, and it actually erodes through the fistula and it recreates, um, it brings it back together with the. Wow, um, that sounds good. Is that yeah, pretty good? Way. It's painful, but it's uh, that's a good option. Uh, Although I must, I must tell you, this isn't my specialty, so. But is, is, but but can I? Am I right in saying that it's not always a successful surgery? No, this one sounds pretty. No, I think if it, I think if a if you go to a, a, a reputable colorectal surgeon, they'll do a good job of it. I don't think it's like... But is it a major thing where it's going to take me a long time to recover? I don't want to wake up with a colostomy bag. That's no, what no, I'm worried no about. Chance. No, I think you... That's my biggest fear. I think you will um, just need to take care of it for a couple of weeks after the operation, a little bit of bathing in like betadine or that's, something like that's that. That's you, Bernice. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, hang on. Damon, I must put betadine on, on your tush. Here. No, thank you. Is it bothering you? Dr. Maisel wants to know, is it bothering you? Does it bother you in your mind or does it give you pain? It bothers me in my mind because I have this 
horrible fantasy, a horror fantasy, that I'm going to get septicemia or some terrible infection. Why would you? If it hasn't bothered you up until Let now. Let it go. Just let it go. So what no, I, he has to keep it very it. clean. Otherwise ignore it. it. Yeah. Just ignore it. Get it. Yeah, get it clean. If it gets an infection, well, then you, you deal with it. But I, I wouldn't go and like, yeah, if you haven't actively had an infection operate in... on something if it's not. Oh, really? Tough. No. Yeah, just leave oh. it. And, and listen, just by the way, we are here to talk about um, other things. because Yes, yes, of course. Not about your, your, <laughs> no, no, your of course. double uh, whammy bump. But, but Lorraine, everything is interconnected. He's getting a free uh, uh, consult. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Everything is interconnected. <laughs> let, let, let's get back to where we yeah. started from. Oh, no, First of all, hang on, hang on a sec. Before, let me tell you a story before about uh, colonoscopy. I had to go in for one. And one of my assistants took me in and she wrote a note. She put there, have fun, boys. And I stuck it on my bum. Oh. And went into surgery with that in my bum. <laughs> The doctors really thought it was funny when I got out, though. I thought it was hysterical. And what, did they remove a polyp? What did they do with you? No, they just, no, they just wanted to check if I, I mean, you know, doctors just, always like to put you into the into the clinic. But they just wanted to check if I had, uh, here we go, if I had... Um, uh, Polyps. I don't know, something. I can't so, you're, so, you're, so, long ago. so you were okay? Yeah, I was fine. But I, I like the note. Why don't you get that tattooed on your ass? Yeah. <laughs> Have fun, boys. That's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, do you think? Do you think it would be the first one? <laughs> that's somebody. That's somebody's no, actually done it. Maybe the first that. tattoo. We talked. We spoke about our tattoo. My tattoo's lost. But I'm just. I, that's a good one. There you go. Have, that's one to write down. Can't I put that in the front rather? Have fun, boys. Oh, there oh, you I would go. prefer the front than the back. Oh, Sorry, this is too much information. Either way, for either way is all good. <laughs> okay, so let's talk so about now, Ricky. Ricky. Now, 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 Dr. Richard Zinn. So you were saying most of your work is reconstruction, cancer. Yeah. Cancer patients, uh, breast, uh, a lot. Of, so yeah, I would say breast reconstruction from mastectomies. So a lot of breast reconstruction. I work in a breast reconstructive unit. Um, from mastectomies. Helen Joseph. A lot of mastectomies. A lot of partial mastectomies. We reconstruct that. Um, so that's very satisfying work. I find that like amazing. And patients are always like you know so thankful. And it's a tough, it's a tough thing. And it's, it's good to change it from like a you know from the focus is on cancer and you get the cancers. Done and dusted, and, and hopefully, you know, primarily you get the cancer out, but you give them a, a very nice result. Of but don't you think? Do you think Angelina Jolie has taken the taboo and the fear away from it all? No, no. I oh, mean, she did nothing. I mean, I think she she did. I think oh. she brought to light the, the the matter of a bilateral mastectomy. So if you've got a risk factor, or if you've got like BRCA, like she had a BRCA gene, um, she had a bi- bi- bilateral prophylactic mastectomy. You know, her risk of getting breast cancer in her life was probably thirty to forty percent. So she had them both out and she had implants put in. Now, bringing that, the, the stigma of a bilateral mastectomy down is, is great because there are a lot of people with this gene. And, um, you know, you can have the breasts out and decrease your risk significantly. It's not gone completely, but it's decreased significantly. But um, I, don't, I think that the stigma of losing part of your breast or your breast and walking around with only one breast, uh, it won't just be taken away by Angelina Jolie having, a, a, a you know, some sort of surgery, probably with the best... Uh, plastics and reconstructive surgeons in the world in California and uh, you know I think the, the average person on the, the street can't necessarily or doesn't necessarily think they're going to get that kind of service or that kind of outcome you know so you're in the public health sector I'm partially pr- public and, and private yeah okay but in private have you had any patients that have come in with the gene that Bracker's gene and they're just doing a preventative mastectomy I haven't had them in private. I've had I've had them in 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 state. So, oh, in state you've yeah, actually had yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you see, I thought it would be the other way around. Well, 
so the volumes I see in state are significantly greater than the volumes I see in private. I mean, yes. I see probably 20 to 30 patients a day in, in state, 20 patients a day in state with breast cancer, and you know, one in maybe 20 of those, or maybe one in 40 of those, will have a gene, and then they elect for a bilateral mastectomy. So, um, so we've definitely done that procedure, and we get great results of it. Um, oh. And I think that's, you know, I think that's some of the most satisfying work that we do. The cosmetics is fantastic. I mean, that's fun. If, if Bernice fun. and Lorraine came into your office and you, they said to you, Doctor, what can you do for my breasts? Look at Bernice, look at Lorraine. What would you recommend? Just look, obviously, you, it's just your gut feel because you can't give a proper examination sure, now. Sure. Oh, you can, unless, uh, unless Lorraine wants to, like, work those uh, out. I can let him do it. I well, don't mind Lorraine, taking my clothes off and he can have a look. Lorraine, I know, loves her breasts. So she wouldn't let me touch them with a scalpel. No. I don't know okay. About, I don't know about Bernice. Um, if it was a purely cosmetic thing, we would be talking whether we're going to augment and increase the size, whether we're going to reduce and decrease the size, or whether we're going to um, basically augment and lift. So those are the kind of what, things that we can offer. Do some ladies just like to have a lift only? Sure. Because that so, makes sense. So a lot of women will say, look, I'm happy with my size. I don't want to go any bigger. I don't want any silicone in, and I just want to lift. And then you put the breasts in a much more kind of natural position. And is that, is that, more, is that quite more pretty successful? Mm, that's a great op. That's a really nice op. So it that's is, that's called just a master pick. Have you have you done the mesh? Because uh, one of my ex colleagues, Sias, he his wife had the mesh done, where where it's like a yeah, mesh, yeah, like a thingy that lifts so the, that's, the, the, that's the breast. Called, yeah, that's called a brief form. And um, I actually had a rep come to me the other day, about a month ago, trying to get me to offer that surgery. My personal opinion is, if you don't need it, my results are good and they and they last long term. Uh, I'd rather not put in foreign material into a healthy breast um, and risk the complications and there are significantly more complications uh, if I don't need to. So generally I think I can get away with a good result without a mesh and so I, I prefer not to put a mesh in. But doctors in, mm. well I have that because now I watch all of these TLC um, mm, surgeries. Shows. Oh great I shows. love it. It's like, <laughs> it's like my layman's education yeah, into yeah, cosmetic absolutely. surgery. But anyway when they do the, the reshaping, you end up with a funny scar, like a yeah. seam. So it almost sort of like comes up the bottom and yeah. then, I don't know, the sides. Okay, so you, get a, so you get a T-shaped scar, like T, an anchor. It, yes. Okay, so there are various ways of lifting the breast. Okay. And um, each kind of, so, you know, just like there's a grade. So if you've got mm-hmm. a very mild little drooping breast, we can just do a little ellipse, cut out a little ellipse, lift, lift the nipple two centimeters, looks great. Okay. okay, but if you've got a drooping breast that's somewhere between, you know, two and six centimeters, maybe uh, seven centimeters the nipple, mm. then maybe you need to do a vertical. Mm. So you, you, so it looks like a lollipop score. But, but you and know, then mm-hmm. the biggest and then the most extensive is obviously the 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 the, the anchor or the T-shaped score. But now, if I had to come in for a consultation, would you yeah. say before I touch your breasts, mm. I'd like to give you a glass of wine? No, no, no. Before I touch your breath, <laughs> we should do it over a whiskey. Um, you need to lose a bit of weight because I reckon that a lot of women's issues, maybe with breasts and mm. drooping breasts and size, etc., can be cured if you just lost a little bit of weight. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it change the I, shape? I totally and agree with you. Do okay, you lost so, some help? So I think that, like, um, big breasted women, the first thing I always do is ask them their weight and their height, and I check mm-hmm. their BMI. And then they lie. Uh, they don't. They can't because the scale's in front of me and the, <laughs> and the height measurement is in front of me, so I check it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if their BMI is over 30, firstly, medical aid will, ne- will never pay for I mean, they've very barely pay, pay for a breast reduction at the best of times. But if mm-hmm. your BMI is over 30, it's like not even a negotiable. Okay. So then it's it's definitely yeah. um, weight related. So if your BMI is over 30, I say get your weight down to under 30. 
but very often, you know, obese women have still got massive breasts, and when they get their breast, uh, their BMI down to under 30, they've still got big breasts. And what happens when you lose some of the volume in your breasts, they're just going to droop more. Mm. So although it doesn't prevent them from having an operation, I think that it You'll makes my result results much better. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm able to kind of work from a better um, platform with 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 a with a better BMI. But don't you find if you tell a patient to lose weight, sometimes they get upset and you don't see them again? Um. So yeah, I mean, the thing is that being overweight and having surgery has got its own risks. Okay, so. If I'm I'm gonna like put a patient on the table and have them get a clot in their leg or a DVT or or major complication around their surgery, then it's not worth it for me. I don't want to make anybody sick. Um. So yeah, sure. I tell them you're overweight. Come back to me. Send, I send them to a dietitian. I give them a you know a health plan and an exercise plan. A lot of them are very unhappy. A lot of them storm out. But the ones that that actually go and follow my instructions and who come back with their their weight under 30, those I swear are the happiest patients. So mm. They get their BMI under 30. They have their surgery. They are beaming. They well, who, who isn't happy? No, because I, I had an obese friend. Doctor didn't tell her to lose weight. They had the surgery, and she had a lot of complications. Sure. For a long time, it took a long time to get right. Yeah. So mm. I think that the thing in you pro- had a friend. Well, she's in Australia now. We're still friends, oh, but okay. well, she's alive. Uh, okay, that's good. So that's I think the, the challenge in private. Guys want to operate, and. So maybe they'll bend the rules a little bit and say, oh, your BMI is like 33, 34. I'll still do your operation for you. Otherwise, the patient's going to go to somebody else. But I think that if you stick by the rules and you really like, you know, you, you, you don't bend on those rules, I think you're going to get better results. And I think that's where your reputation lies is, is doing the right operation at the right time, you know. So, so what does it cost to have your... Mm-hmm. Your boobs done. Damon, mm-hmm. so, I feel a bit of uh, bank money uh, coming. No, I, I did. I did. How's I, I, okay, I did research. <laughs> how's, how's my how's her wallet? <laughs> okay. How's her large purse? <laughs> I did research this about yeah. 15 years ago, yeah. maybe, because I have quite large breasts. I think yeah. I think a portion of it's related to size, a portion of it's related to weight, but it was about 25,000 rand when I checked on this nine mm. years ago. Should have had it done then. <laughs> <laughs> was that for a, a reduction? That was for what I was looking so for. So yeah. if you are having a reduction or a lift, let's say, you see, you, when I quote your price, you think, geez, the doctor's going to make twenty five thousand rand out of this. No, it's, so, it's, so you understand it's, everything's built into it. There's all okay. sorts of things. Yeah. So and hospitals are expensive. Just for like four hours, it's thirteen thousand rand in Rosebank. Four hours. Yeah. If you think about the operating yeah. time, I think it's it's something like one hundred and fifty rand a minute in theatre. That you're paying the hospital, okay? So and they charge you from the minute you you cross that door. Mm-hmm. Um, so in total, I would say forty to forty-five thousand rand for 40, a, for, for a, a breast reduction. We're talking about an hour and a half to two hours in theatre, definitely an overnight stay. So that in itself is uh, is twenty-five thousand rand. Wow. Plus there's an anaesthetist fee. So, so, 5, so that rand. comes to about seventy-five thousand. No, 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 no. No, what oh, I'm saying is all breakdown. built in okay. is forty right. to forty-five thousand. If you've got any, if you've got any questions, uh, I forgot to do this last week. Any questions for Dr. Richard Zinn, or do you want to talk in general? Give us a call. Oh eight, oh eight six. What's it? Oh eight six one triple five one eight nine. Oh eight six one triple five one eight nine, and you can uh, give us a call. Are you writing it down there, I'm writing Bernice? it down so that I can phone and harass you from now, time to now, time. Now, Dr. Zinn, last week uh, Lorraine brought up this thing about 
what did you call it? Vaginal tightening? Yes, that's where we started. That's how we got onto now, getting a plastic surgeon. Yeah, that's is that a, a new thing? Is it still experimental? Is it? Okay, so um, what so, what is it? So Lorraine mentioned this to me. She said, "Do you want to come on and talk about vaginal tightening?" And I was like, "No, no." Okay, and I was also grumpy because I just operated the whole day and I was yeah. exhausted and I hadn't eaten. So don't talk to me when I haven't eaten. I get <laughs> you can't grumpy. you can't eat during surgery. No, right? but I always eat. You start every operation with a full stomach and an empty bladder. That's very, very You've important. You've got to do that. Absolutely. So anyway, um, she said to me, come and talk about vaginal tightening. And I was like, well, hang on. Vaginal tightening or labioplasties? Because personally, I don't know of any plastic surgeon who does vaginal tightening. In South the gynecologists who, There's a gynecologist who do vaginal tightening. Oh, I see. Okay, and, and I personally would never do vaginal tightening because I'm not trained. You know, that's not my area. Are gynecologists trained in that? Well, that's where – that's. I don't know if they trained in it, but uh, they'll go ahead and do it. How do you do it? So I, in terms of labiaplasty, because now this is the different thing. So, so you get a vaginoplasty and a labiaplasty. Okay. Yes. So so when you go to a plastic surgeon, make sure you ask for the right thing. Um, a a labiaplasty is is kind of neatening of of the outer and the outer lips of the vagina, well, the inner lips of the vagina. No, no, we watched a documentary on that one sure. time, Bernice and I. Those inner lips can be a big problem. They can be a big problem. No, they can get in the way. They, no, but they, they, but they can really, but serious, they can be so you approve, I don't even know about So this. you approve of the surgery? Okay, so this is a fascinating area of, of, of plastic surgery, and there's, it's still controversial because it's, it's relatively new, okay? I, I do approve of the surgery. I think that it's got its place. Um, in, in the port industry, it's got a very big. Place. Okay, so this is this is what's brought it into the light. Is that is that the uh, the porn industry is kind of um, showing what the ideal vagina is supposed to look like, but actually that's not necessarily the, the normal vagina. Which so is basically like our daughter's vagina, Damon. It's it's the vagina. Oh, yeah, don't old. don't bring our two-year-old into oh, this. No, I, I, I mean, but ex- but but uh, but that is the sadness of it. But doctors, then just explain because I know what it is, but but Lorraine looks confused. Very, explain I exactly must, what I must it be is. Honest. Uh, this has never, never crossed my mind. We're looking at the okay. labia minora. Yeah. yeah, so we're looking at the labia minora. Not the majora. No. What's the minora? What's the majora? is the outer big lips. Yeah. The minora is the little salami that can Those sometimes protrude. Those minora lips can become quite majora, which is what makes it so confusing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they can be, and they protrude, and they look, uh, they can actually they get look caught like while you're horse riding, or they can caught. Oh really? Get caught while you're running. They, apparently, can be very painful in some women. I and have some a bit women of a are story embarrassed about, that. about it. But no, but tell us so, about. No, but tell, no, no, tell us, tell us how they trim the menorahs. All right, so there's various Nothing different ways. Nothing to do with Hanukkah, by the way. So basically, uh, yeah, you base there's there, there three different ways of of doing a trim, okay, and you don't want to over trim it. And any operation um, will result in a little bit of scarring, so you don't want to make it too tight because the complications, um, short term and long term, are pain and scarring and, and tightening, which is uh, which can be excessive. So it can actually cause uh, dyspareunia, which is pain on on intercourse. But 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 apparently I've heard. Sorry to interrupt, sure. Doctor Zinn. Apparently that area is not overly um, erogenous in terms of genitalia. So the, the sense is that if you do do surgery on that area, it's not the worst thing in the world to do because actually that's not where the sensation is. So the patients I've operated right, on, she, she is right, okay? But, it, but so it, it, it doesn't decrease or change your, your – uh, in fact, some people find that they've disinhibited in, in sex as a result of having the reduction, and so they feel a lot better and they're much more comfortable with themselves during sex and they start to have better sex life. But it's emotional, not physical. Um, 
that's that would be emotional. The other aspect of one of the surgeons from the U.S. says that if you trip, trim, uh, if you extend your incision around the clitoris and you take about a, a little bit of the hood off, you Ooh. can in fact get a much more sensitive sex. So you so can that's like get, Lorraine's surgery, two for one. You bring in, you know, you do you two. Throw it in, okay. yeah. We throw it in, no extra it. cost. Right? <laughs> so just explain that again right, about I'm the cli- the clitoral Next. hood. So. So Just explain that again. Basically, those if you follow those labia minora up, they, it goes up to the clitoris. Yeah, basically they, they become. The, so if you the, slightly yeah. nip the, the hood of the clitoris, yeah, the if you take a little a bit, bit of more. that of that hood off, oh. uh, you can wow. get more more, oh. sen- more uh, sensitive sex. Oh. Uh, better, better sex. Yeah, but then there's then there's the risks. So over tightening, over tightening, you can cause pain, and um and that's a, so you've got to be careful. You've got to go to a guy who's done. A number of these procedures, and um, and they are good. Re- you get great results. Um, very happy patient. But you would only do it on a patient where it's really flapping around. Personally, I think I think if it's causing the patient um, psychological distress or discomfort, okay, I, I'm not going to make them look like a porn star because they want to look like that. I think that um, if they've clearly got large lips, then I think it's it's a worthwhile procedure, definitely. So you do it? Uh, I've done it, yes. And it's a, not, not in your service at Helen and you Jones, use, I imagine. Believe it or not, in my service at Helen Jones. Really? Yeah. yeah wow. we, we, Do you we use a laser? Like, and is it laser? No. Because in the documentary, Bernice, we, we, it was laser. Well, that, can, that was a technique at the time. But how big were these lips at Helen Joseph? I mean, what, what are we talking now? How many centimeters came off millimeters? Measured, it must have been two to three centimeters. Probably three centimeters. So three that was like Guinness Book like, of Records. Is, uh, not really. <laughs> I mean, I've seen like... <laughs> Wow. Can I tell my story now? Yes, go ahead. So I have a friend who has problems with her flappies. So it's you, in other words. No, 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 no. I've got this friend. I love those stories. When they start like that. Okay, me. What are they called again? Labia. My labia. Menorahs. Just because you won't believe me if I say I've got a friend. Anyway, this particular person with her large labia went off to the bathroom one day and doesn't like to sit on public toilets, so sure. decided she was going to stand and do her business. The problem is her labia had crisscrossed, and as a result, she started peeing oh on her God. leg. Oh, no. And she was in the middle of a, a presentation. So she had to kind of go out, do a presentation, and had peed all over her leg and all over her underwear because of the way the whole direction came. So, but don't, don't you, but you carry spare underwear in your car, in your hand. I wasn't there for her to give her my spare. Anyway, who wants to use another person's so what underwear? Did, so what did you do then? Oh, you know, Damon, <laughs> what did I do? What I understood she did is she then took her underwear off, she threw it in the bin, and she went commander. Really? Good on yes. Wow. Good on it. During a presentation. I mean, you can't, you can't be sitting there with a nut cook in the middle of your presentation. Did she, did she ace that presentation? Uh, I think she, she said she felt like a bit of power, like standing there, Ah. knowing that she was totally like, like naked underneath. Fantastic. So yeah. It's pretty cool. I must just tell you, a friend of mine is bringing in a product at Sexpo, which looks, I can't explain it to you, but it's like, it's plastic and pink, and you put it on your vagina, and you can pee standing up. I know what those things are called. Is it He's a, bringing is, them in? So you just warm, yeah, no, it's like it's just. Is it the you, cardboard sheepy? No, no, no. It looks. It's like plastic, and it's got like a little yeah. opening at the top. And you hold the front. You put it in. You put it on, and you pee straight, so you can stand up straight if you don't want. And then you just rinse it. And put I mean, it in your do women do women want to pee but straight? I did well, that's it a once. thing. I did it once. And was it? It was a very weird sensation. Yeah. I love it, it. it. It was one of those. Um, it was a cardboard thing it was that a I got. Cardboard thing. You like you like slip it under, and then it. Just I got it at Sexpo. Okay. 
um, it, it was convenient, but I, it really didn't feel so natural. I would have had to do it a few more times in order to to go with the flow. And you, what do you think, Lorraine? I mean, is it like something that you've always like been What's, jealous of us about? About standing up yeah, and wing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love standing up and wing. I just prefer it in a normal. But how do you how do you do it in a relaxed state? Though? I mean, well, I kind of don't like a, a man has. I just like kind of almost. Squat over the, the, the but, toilet. But then, but then you have to keep your muscles taut. It's yeah. not relaxed. It doesn't matter. I just, you know what I mean. So I'm that's like what you sitting do. On, I'm very, I, I'm quite anal about touching things and doorknobs and. So that's what button. you do. So you do this all the time. So I do this all the time. So I just maybe that's why I've got such tight, tight legs. Yeah. yeah. So I just literally go like halfway over and then I just. Wee. Well, it's a good thing that wow. you, your labia doesn't crisscross. Otherwise, those toilets no, would that's be a mess. I was, I was wondering. Okay, I was wondering what you were talking about, labia crisscrossing, because I mean, I just know my vagina, and I don't know about the. It's actually very interesting. This, okay, so maybe I've, I should I've be got listening. A, I've got a story that gets on back onto plastic surgery and reconstructive surgery about standing up, urinating, and, it, and it's fascinating. Um, you know, I mean, we, we've got a huge problem in this country about uh, about uh, ritual circumcisions and traditional circumcisions, and actually for men or women? for men, okay. for men. Well, yeah, you're right. Men, traditional yeah. circumcisions, and um, obviously a lot of the, in the Eastern Cape, and you know, the, the guys get have their procedure, and then they go into the bush. And um, so I've seen a, hu- a, a huge amount of patients, and they definitely exist out there, and we we undersee them. Is, is that um, who've, who've actually lost either you know they get an infection and they tend to lose the entire sometimes their entire penis. Mm. Okay, and then from that point on, they've got no penis, so it's functionally they can't penetrate at sex. But they're actually, and strangely enough, the biggest distress that those guys feel um, when you talk to them is that and their number one thing is that they can't urinate standing up. Mm-hmm. And there's a name for that. So there's a, a medical term called orthostatic micturition. Orthostatic micturition. It's a great word. So it's standing up urinating, and that is a humongous psychological um problem for these male patients who no longer have a penis. I mean, obviously, it's uh, the, the inability to have sex and penetrate is, is a huge deal as well. Um, and actually, what you know, the surgery we can offer is, um, so we can recreate a penis, and we have done quite a lot of these surgeries, um, using either the forearm or the, the inner thigh. And It's amazing surgery. I mean, I remember I showed you some of my photos, yeah, some yeah. of my proudest surgeries was this humongous penis that we created for this young kid who was actually he had his ritual circumcision or his traditional circumcision he lost his entire penis and so we gave him six months to to for the scarring to settle down before we reconstructed this penis uh sent him back to the eastern cape and he came back with major behavioral problems um you know he was becoming aggressive to his mother he was completely uncontrollable six months later we reconstructed this penis with his inner thigh um, and fixed up some of the nerves to the, the dorsal nerve of the penis so that he would be able to at least urinate, uh, but possibly penetrate and have sex. Wow. And um, we saw him, I've, I followed him up quite a lot. So I saw him about a month after surgery, immediately was able to, to urinate standing up. He had this absolutely massive penis. I mean, it was, well, we made was it a bit too big. Was the idea that he'd grow into it? Or that made it too big, eh? Uh, well, the thing is that to some extent that tissue will atrophy, so you want to make it a bit bigger because it's going to get smaller. Um, it's going to scar down. It's going to get a bit smaller. Um, so that's the one thing. And the other thing was, yeah, to some extent, he, he's going to get bigger and he's going to grow up. Okay, so when we opened this penis up after one day post-op, I've never seen a patient with jealous? a smile 
I must tell you, I had a medical student, a fifth year medical student who was following us uh, at the time of this, because we did the surgery, I think, in December, so she was work shadowing, and she passed out. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely classic. <laughs> And anyway, it like, it's just me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't that. Much, but it was. It was. They big. say black men have bigger. Listen, so she passed out. Eh? She passed out, and we we saw him six months later. He's uh, starting to get erogenous sensation through wow. that penis. He was able to ejaculate. It was wow. absolutely phenomenal result. They should hand your card out at circumcision schools. So I think that this is something. Anything that goes wrong, call Doctor you know Zinn. Everybody thinks. Everybody thinks that plastic surgeries are about tits and. Yeah. And, yes. and, and Botox and all that stuff. But you know what? There is so much good that's done by plastic surgeons. And this is such an amazing story, Rick. So I, mean, so I think that, that this is something that South Africa ha, uh, really needs, is, is more of a, an awareness about the fact that, I mean, we talk about these traditional circumcisions and how bad, you know, the, 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 the bad results are. But I, you see disproportionately low amount of patients coming through requiring surgery or, or, or coming forward with surgery. Uh, for surgery, so I think there's a, there's a huge gap here. I think that actually needs to be uh, solved because these guys, once they lose their penis, are just cripples. Wow. And, and, and I I doubt they. I and you lose everything. Sure. Can you imagine losing your penis, Damon. Oh my God! But Could you, you know, imagine? Damon, we we heard a story recently about um a, a child, a Jewish child, where the mohel slipped a bit, and maybe we should refer them on. I mean, this. No, no, no. In that case, no, no. His penis is just slightly. Uh, uh, what to skew? It's just skew. a little bit. It's got a little bit of Not, a cut off. It's got a little bit of a, uh, of, like a, a of a kink. Yeah, it's like my finger. A little bit of a kink. It's, it's nothing compared to what Dr. Zinn just explained. Okay, right, Keeping so up with the Calvaries, just a reminder, we've got uh, Dr. Richard Zinn with us, plastic surgeon, Lorraine's with us, Bernice is with us, and we we, we, we basically focusing on plastic surgery this morning because uh, this is uh, Lorraine's doctor, soon to be uh, brother, what's it, sonny, brother-in-law, cousin-in-law. He's going to marry Lorraine's nephew and uh, niece. Niece. Sorry, sorry, uh, no, uh, niece. He's marrying niece. my niece. And marrying your niece. I don't know what it is, but he's also a very good friend as well. And a, and a, and he's a, a lovely person. guy. Oh, no, yeah. Did you set this up? Did you introduce him to your niece? No, no, no. no. I've met years before this. They, they they make a good couple. She's a psychologist. Wow. And he's a plastic but those, surgeon. Th- but those vibrating cupcakes that you brought two weeks ago, that was also somebody's zin. That's her sister, his sister. That's your sister who does the vibrating cupcakes. Tell me, is there a Cape Townian connection with you? We from Cape Town. Okay. Okay, because now I went to school with a Zin. Who? Which one? Danny Zin. That's my brother. Danny, your brother. Okay. That's how you know. As I said to David before we walked in, I said, I don't think Danny Zin even remembers my name. So, guys, have we got any questions coming up? Is there anything on the... Come on. On the WeChat. We need to communicate with people on WeChat. Uh, Where can I buy that peeing stand-up thing useful for long game drives? Mm, That's a good one. What's so good about it? Where are you going to buy it from? Sexpo. I tell you what, you can even... I think Discam. No, no, it's not going to be at Discam. It's going to be at Sexpo. Well, there you go. What's the brand called? I don't know what the brand's called. It's actually a client of mine who sells pantyhose and stockings who brought it and showed me that this is what he's bringing in. But maybe if you want to uh, um, email me on law, L-O-R-R-M, at iafrica.com, lawm at iafrica.com, and I'll try and put you in contact with them. 
Brilliant. I think it's a great uh, new uh, tool. Law, I also want some of them. Okay. I want to experience that standing up feeling. Okay. I, I think you should get one of them in studio and actually try one out. And, and, and we'll... Keeping up with the Calvaries. Uh, good morning. It's uh, how are you doing? Uh, hope you're having a good day. I'm, I'm still coughing from last week. Still sick, but that's me. Lorraine, I'm Bernice. Still coughing. Are you still coughing, Lorraine? I'm still coughing. I've got all my stuff here. I've got all my lozenges. Oh, oh! Before I forget, yes, yes, I hope yes. you're still smoking. You mentioned last week that you're smoking. I am still smoking. Oh, good, good. I'm glad because there's a possibility that we might get a sponsor on board. One of those stop smoking companies. Uh, I know. Gareth told me about it. Yes. Twice. Now, now, well, let's not 
Oh. Announce it officially because we don't know. Oh, the deal still has to be clinched. Uh, okay. But so don't think, don't stop smoking for now. Uh, wait. They're gonna see green bits coming out of my throat. Wait for oh. them. Yeah. So wait for them to. Yeah. But then you do feel like you're getting better though. Yeah. No. Yeah. Making progress. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, so you smoking five six a day? Packs? No cigarettes? No. Um, this week I've been a bit better because of my chest. So I've had about. Three or four, but I'm normally about 12 cigarettes a day. Okay, well, keep that up because we want to get the sponsor. <laughs> keep yeah. it up with the calories and keep up the smoking, Lord. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm smoking, baby. Can we have one now? We, we got Lorraine's plastic surgeon, yeah, Dr. Richards, in, and we just asking, we just, we nailing him, we, we drilling him on stuff, stuff that you always want to know about. This is the thing that, that I want to know about. I've, I know of a few people, like two people off the, off the top of my head, where they, they need a nose job. They need to get their nose sorted out. But before we, apparently there's a phone. Oh, is there, oh, is there a caller? I tell you, well, let's take this oh. call. Yeah. Uh, I want to, I want to push the buttons. No. Uh, Duncan. <laughs> so I push this, Duncan. Where, where's that other thing? Uh, and then I push this, eh? No. Why not? He's so in other words, you pushed that already. Okay, don't do that. I must push it because I want to learn, Denise. I want to learn what buttons there to push. There might be like five buttons. No, there. I, How can you not work it out? No, but anyway, so we got okay, uh, go. John. Are you there, John? I am here. Yes. Hey, hi, John. Thanks for calling. What's up? Um, you're talking about plastic surgeons, and I, I fell into the general category that I thought it was all boobs and Botox until I, I managed to cut all the flexor tendons in my hand. In an accident? Yes, and for, yeah, I was going. What down were you a, doing? You won't believe this. I was going down a fiberglass pool slide, and I held on underneath oh, and right. went straight through all the flexor tendons. That sounds anal. Where, where exactly? Oh. Um, With your fingers. I would say if it was just below the fingers. Okay, so it's through the palm. Yes, it's through the palm right. on the everything but the index finger. Index finger was in the middle of the finger. So what do you mean? So so the little finger, the ring, the middle finger, but yes. not the thumb and the index? No, thumb was untouched. The index Good. got severed. The tendon was severed in the mm. in the middle middle bone, middle phalanx. Okay, all right. I've, I, the timing was terrible. I had it patched up in casualty. The doctor said, first thing you've got to do is get to an ortho mm. or to a plastic mm. as soon as possible. And Which hand was it, right or left hand? Left hand. Fortunately, mm. I'm right-handed. Yeah. Yeah. I then, off I two-tooled, I got an appointment three days later, but by then I already, infection had set in and... And this happened in December, and try to get to a specialist after a long week. Okay, what happened? What, what happened? Tell us what happened. You got to the doctor. Well, I got, I got to the doctor, and I had a my hand was fairly infected by then from the original cut, yeah. and the surgeon was obviously a bit reluctant to open it up while I was infected with an infection. So he said, "Get the infection under control. We'll have a look at it." <laughs> long story short, was I eventually it was only. This plastic guy only operated on it about a month after the actual, yeah, which is apparently less than ideal. Which, but anyway, I've had the the four fingers were repaired. Two of the repairs have actually failed. Damn. In the pinky and the middle finger. Yeah. And I believe my next step for that is a hunter's a, rod. Yes. Indeed. A what? A hunter's, hunter's rod. Two stage. A hunter's pinky. rod. What's a hunter's rod? Two-stage tendonplasty. John knows. John will tell you. John, tell us what a hunter's rod is. Hunter's rod, they 
They insert a silicon rod from your fingertip to mm-hmm. the muscle in your forearm where the tendon would insert. One, well, they take out what's left of the tendon and then put this in and they leave that in for about three or four months and your body's immune response basically grows a sheath around this, mm-hmm. around the silicon rod. Mm. They then take a, they then trans, they take a tendon out of your wrist, normally your pulmaris longus. Exactly. I understand. Yeah. You know, so it today. Well, Google is really good. He's, he's yeah. pretty, he's pretty, John's been well, well counseled on this, John. So well, when are you I'm, having this done, John? Um, as soon as the OT is happy with the rehabilitation yeah. of the other okay. fingers. But, but John, I'm a bit lost. This is Bernicia. Where is the where is the plastic and reconstructive surgeon involved in this process? We, we um, do that. It's basically the hand surgery. The the he's the surgeon who will be doing the he did the repairs to the tendon. Okay. And then he will be doing the actual inserting the hunter's rods and then the and actual then the transplant of the tendon. Yeah. But, but that sounds really, really intricate. I mean, I had no idea that the scope of a plastic surgeon was so wide. Sure, so we do a lot of reconstruction, including well, hands. Okay. Uh, you know, good luck with that, John. Yeah, John, I, I, think, I think you're on the right track here. So um, I, I, everything you've told me is what I would have told you. So I'm pretty impressed how well you know what, what's happening. You're obviously a very well-educated patient. You know what, what you're in for. Well informed. And, uh, and the results are good. So, so I think that you just need to be compliant. Your OT is your best friend for the next year, and your plastic surgeon's gonna gonna do exactly uh, uh, the right job. But, but, but the but thing it, is, is so his hand limp right now? No, it just he can't he can't flex it. So it'll okay. be so he'll be sitting with a with a hand that may sit like this. So like so a permanent zap sign. That's what Doctor well, Zinn's no, no, doing right now. He's no, like, it's not he's a permanent zap like, sign. Okay. Which did he say? He said the the ones that that weren't functioning the, was the, the index and the and the. Middle. So he can't close his hand properly. Yeah. Basically. So basically, the eat? other fingers. You know he's going to have heart. decreased function. Me or you or he or him will notice a, a it's good problem. Good thing he's right-handed, you know? otherwise he but would have such limited ability. So he he can still masturbate. He can still masturbate. Because that's what you were thinking, Bernice. Well, I was also just. <laughs> but Doctor Zinn, now uh, obviously, um, that caller John, he he was very um well informed because because of the internet. Yeah. Now so and well and no, no, perhaps he, a surgeon he, and, his his, and his occupational therapist. I mean, yeah. he's, he's clearly. You know, going but sometimes do you sometimes get patients that have read up on the internet oh my God. and they come up to you and they think they know they think they're doctors. They want to do the surgery there's, themselves. There's two extremes, okay? So there's the guys who think they know everything, but actually there's not as many of those as you think. In fact, most patients listen to the doctor and they realize that the internet feeds you some misinformation. The the absolute opposite of the spectrum is the guy who's got no access to the internet, got maybe can't read, he's a laborer, he gets injury to his hand. You put in a hunter's rod like John's expecting to have, and he comes back two years later and says, well, they did this operation, but it didn't really fix anything, and he failed to realize that it was like a multi-stage procedure. Mm-hmm. So sometimes he comes back with this hunter's rod sticking out of his body, and he's like, why is this coming out now or something? And he just completely missed the boat, mm-hmm. you know. So there's no sort of preparation or acknowledgement, understanding. You know, a lot of patients, required. when they have an injury, you are just so stressed out and so mm-hmm. freaked out, and you can't actually take in the information so you tell them and they just goes over the head you know you do an operation and then they normalize and then they don't remember a thing you've said um i i know of two people like this friend of mine he's always sniffing all the time he needs there's something wrong with his nose he's got to get that sorted out and another guy talks like talks like this all the time 
Why don't these is people the get their... No, two different people. Oh. Why don't they get their noses sorted out? Is this... You see a lot of patients that have to get that deviated septum, the rhinoplasty. Do you not diagnosing what's wrong with yeah, his yeah, nose? Yeah, Who are you to start being he a doctor was, here? Doctor, we went on the internet. He was three quarters away being an, uh, a chiropractor. A chiropractor. Yeah, almost oh, there. damn. I, uh, I could have called you doctor because you uh, called a chiropractor. I think we should call him doctor for short on the show. Please, no. Don't be ridiculous. Come on, Doc. He loves it. No, oh, nonsense, man. He's beaming. That's embarrassing. Please. He's got a big smile on his face. Please, no, it's ridiculous. Doc, go. So in terms of a nose, yeah, I mean, so you can have uh, functional problems and aesthetic problems. No, the aesthetic thing. Yeah. Oh, these people that have big schnozzers, yeah. big noses. Yeah. Is that the thing? Yeah, massive. I mean, the, the the apparently like the big centers for rhinoplasty in the world is like Iran, um, Lebanon. Apparently like an ethnic nose, they do... Massive amounts of rhinoplasty there. Big day. nose, big nose region. Sure, yeah, big nose region. Eh? I had no idea those were big nose regions. Turkey, massive. The stereotypes go that would you not be where I would it. associate a big nose. Mm. And Native American Indians have also got quite big noses because they've got quite hooky noses. Bulbous. Do you see yeah, bulbous? It? Really? Yeah. Oh, but like bulbous as in bulbous, maybe but they also flat. have like. So the thing is, well. the, so the thing is that, uh, who's to say kind of what is a normal nose and what is not a normal nose? You've, your your nose has to be normal for your ethnicity. But surely there are standards. Like for example, you don't want to see nostrils, excessive so, nostrils. So hang on, there are standards in, in your culture, but yeah. each culture has its own standards. Yeah, it's getting okay? very anthropological. So here. It, it 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 is, and yeah. and actually you've got to be careful when you do a rhinoplasty, not to change somebody's nose into like. The typical quintessential westernized nose. Exactly. That's, that's where Michael Jackson went wrong. Because then you won't know what they are. A westernized nose. You, now you just want to refine. So I hear you. There are things that are, that are un, unappealing, like, like very prominent nostrils, um, like a very, very, very flat dorsum of the nose. Um, What's a dorsum? A very skew nose. So the dorsum is like the, to- the top of the nose, mm. which we would call maybe the bridge. The okay. bridge. Okay, so let me let me turn the tables here a little bit. Should we take Veronica quickly? Yeah. Okay. You want to hold that right. talk? Okay, let's take yeah. Veronica. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Veronica, hi. Damon's screwing out the switch. Damon, come now. I'm pushing the button and the just button's let, not responding. Just let Duncan do it. Duncan does it. It's just so a well. button. I'm pushing it. <laughs> You're pushing it. Veronica, are you there? No, she's not here because I'm pushing the button. Damon, stop pushing things. Let Duncan do what you do what you're good at. You know what? I'm just I give up. Yes. Carry on, Lorraine. Where's Veronica? I can't. I push the button and it doesn't react. Yeah, it's the button's fault. Well, I'm pushing it and it doesn't. Stop pushing. Okay, well let's just wait and see. Somebody shall come to your phone back again. Uh, Just turning the table slightly here. You asked um, Doctor Zinn what he would do with our breasts. Now I want to know, Ricky, what you would. Sorry, Doctor, what you would do. With, With Damon's breasts. Nose. <laughs> Damon's <laughs> breasts. Have I, got a bad, have I got a bad nose? Damon, you do have boobs. I, do, I don't know. Yeah, no, you've got man boobs, but I just want to know what you would do with his nose. Do you think he's got a good nose? No. For his tribe? Hang on, hang on. This is a dangerous situation. <laughs> Damon, no, no, do you no, like your fun. nose? I've never given it a thought. I'm happy with my nose. Okay, good. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Do you know, know Damon I mean, does you, have excessive hair in I'm going to give him though. a whole bunch of suggestions. He's going to look at himself tomorrow morning when he's brushing his teeth. He's going to say, shit, you know, I need a... I need my nose to you know, I have noticed scared. I have noticed in the mirror like like these folds sure. on the lateral aspect of my eyelids. Yeah. It's that's like, Botox. No, that's no, no, no. extra skin. That's a bit of extra skin that's mm. happening. Mm. I've noticed that. Mm. I, I 
think you're a reasonable looking man. I think no, so do I. Yeah. I, I think, think you're quite good, hot. Yeah, he's a good looking guy. I think maybe we could inject a little bit no, of No, you know what? I need to lose 30 kilograms to get rid of this. This is double chin. I mean, do you really this want, do you neck. really want to, like, what my suggestions on, on, on your, your personal features? You know, I'm not sure if people do. You've got to I'm be interested. very careful. Yeah, no, I'm always interested. No, I know that I, this fat under my chin has got to go, it's but a, I would not do surgery. I must lose weight. It's a very, I, it's I a very diet resistant area. So be careful. You may lose your weight and that's great. But it's a diet resistant area. Which means may, it won't, might not go away. It may be the area that's hardest to get rid of. Well, okay. when I've lost weight in the past, it has gone away. Okay. Well then. Okay. So Ricky, what would you do to me if you could change anything on me? I just, I just want to be, I just want to hear a bit of. Yeah, but you need to lose weight. Yeah, no, no, no. We all need, oh, we all, we need, all need to. Except Ricky. Except Ricky. <laughs> except, <laughs> except Ricky. All of like, us need to And Duncan. Duncan. But Duncan's if I lost, right. if I lost weight. Okay, I know you do my stomach, but if I, but what is it on my features that you would want to change? Can I, can I try? I think you're getting to the point where your eyelids may need to be done. Okay, so you, 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 you know, you've got the extra skin that that that, that Damon's talking about. Okay, uh, and okay. that's a, that's a sign of aging, and yeah, it's a yeah. sign of, okay, it's cool. not like a a major one. It just makes you look a bit fresher and and kind of Top almost lip? healthier. Um, Top eyelid or lower? Uh, I would say both. Um, all right. Can you do those? I think, a bit, of, I think a bit of Botox, everybody can do with a bit of Am Botox. Am I developing bags? Am I? Um, no, I think I, I don't think so. Because apparently it I develops from lack of sleep or bad there's, sleeping patterns. There's a whole bunch of reasons or why you Whining wives. Uh, or whining. And I, it's so, a, now, just remind me, it's the it's this muscle. Okay, the so obicul- a, what's it called, this muscle? So there's obicularis oculi. Obicularis oculi or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but there's a number of reasons. So it can be pigment. Okay. It can be extra muscle. Okay. Can be it generic. can be extra skin. Genetic, it, you mean. And it Genetic. can be fat. So you've got to make a diagnosis. What is it? Okay. But at the moment, I'm looking okay. No bags? I think it looks fine. But you I know what I good, think it is? Not bad. 40, almost 43. Great. Eh? I think the proportions of your face are very good. So so in my TLC um, education, my lay education, I've learned that you need to have certain, apparently Da Vinci. Had proportions, a, yeah. What, what the is golden it? ratio. The golden ratio of mm. your eyes to your nose to your chin and then between your eyes and maybe your... Well, there's, um, we call it anthropometrics and, and what the apps. Anthropomel. Yeah, it's lovely. And it's, um, and it's the study of kind of what the ideal proportion is. Exactly. Um, and there's like, when you first read it, you think, oh my God, I'm never going to remember, remember this, but you read it over and over and it's absolutely spot on and it, it does help you make a diagnosis of what the issue is in a person's face. But then they use the example of the Mona Lisa and I think she looks like a dog. Yeah, I don't think she's hot, eh? No, but then why do people like... So th- I, I don't get it. Is she the only woman that we know from, what, the 16th century? So therefore, did I embarrass Isn't it something? amazing that he was Let's able see? to paint her and from wherever you are in the room, she's looking at you and, I mean, he's he must have been a genius. I don't no, know. Well, we he know he was. Painted someone he was a, a complete... But he created the parachute. I mean, he did so many yeah, things. He did, Insane. he did. And all he's known is for, like, that ugly woman ah. that he painted. He stares at you all the time. He stares at you all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, but that's what I was going to say. Like, if you looked at, like, Lorraine's face, is she anthropomorphicism or whatever? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that, she, that everybody has, you know. I'm the, going to measure myself with a ruler in, in the bathroom now. And just Plastic see. surgeon Richardson, just one of the last things I want to go over. Mm. I think I know the answer to this, but. Maybe you'll just confirm it. Women wrinkle more than men in old age. And the reasons for that, just just go over that. Because that's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is interesting. Um, so I think it potentially it's because they lose muscle bulk a bit earlier in old age. Okay. okay. And one of the things about men's skin, men's skin is thicker. Okay. It's more well vascularized. So it, it ages less. Okay. And then 
another amazing or interesting thing is that we shave. And so we exfoliate every single day. So we actually... Or once a week in my case. No, I don't yeah. shave anymore at all. I clip, but, but, oh, but, really? But, but what shaving, does well, sh- well, shaving will take off the, the outer layer of the skin every day. So it, your skin grows kind of more rapidly and it, it turns over more rapidly. And so your quality of skin is maintained uh, at a higher level. But so I think that... The, so why do you clip? Um, what is clip? When, when I shave, I look like I'm like 22 years old and nobody really That's wants to sign. be operated on by a 22 year old. Oh, person. really? I look very young. Don't I look young? But you are quite young. How old are you? 30. I'm 34. No, he's not young. Yeah, you look younger oh. than 34, hey? He's been studying for I thought you were 28, years. I swear. I've been in a room for, for the last 14 years studying. You haven't seen the sun. <laughs> yeah. So that's why you do that, hey? Yeah. I think that patients need to feel like you're, you know, when you get gray as a plastic surgeon, you don't necessarily color it black. Also, when a man shaves, we often do like movements that is of our, I, of, I our, don't know if of our facial muscles. Yeah. Is that also a factor that keeps the wrinkles I, I, away or I not? I don't think so. I think it's the fact that you've got a thicker skin. So maybe, and, and it's the shaving you exfoliating yeah. all the yeah, time. Yeah. Okay. We can what start did, a new trend on the show here. We can woman shaving. I like the idea of shaving because you like you cleaning. It's like a. I yeah, like the feeling of shaving, but I but I just look too young. The minute I've done it, I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Okay. <laughs> and then when actually. you hit 50, you'll now want to start shaving. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Then when you want to look younger. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's been it's been plastic surgery for the last hour. Thank you very much. Um, Dr. Richard Zinn. And what are awesome. we going to do next week? If you got any ideas? Uh, what, what, eh, we'll get there. Should we think of something? We'll think of something. I'll tweet about it or or we chat about it and stuff like that. See what we yeah see what yeah. People, what, what people want to hear about. Well yeah but we don't have to have a guest every week. No no no. But but it'll be guests nice. are fun. Yeah no, it's fun. Especially fun. hot guests which I do yeah. have to say Dr Zinn is. Yeah he's Dr very Zinn hot. is a very good okay, looking hot. Okay settle down. If you want a good down. hot plastic keep your surgeon, panties on. He's the hottie for you. Keep your panties on. Ooh. Well no they've been off a while. Um <laughs> Duncan what's the next show after this? Ooh Heat magazine show. Uh, oh, cool. It's called the Heat. And they will do stuff uh, between 11 and 12. And uh, we'll be back next week. Excellent. Keep it up with the Calvaries.